All right. Hi, everybody. This is A7X fan Ben here with Xerix, and this is Pirate C CSG podcast number 44. Tonight, we have a variety of topics, including news, customs, and some suggested topics as well. So, how are you tonight, matey? Uh, well, it's still be uh, mid afternoon where I be living, uh, but I'm all right. Uh, it's finally feeling like summer. I'm in the middle of the, the summer uh, campaign game. That's fun. And here we are. God, 44 of these now. Yep. I remember when you did, like, you know, the first three. Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. That's a good segue, actually, into the, into the news. So we're, we actually do have a few news topics, mostly one, of course. But um, so just yeah, as people one. probably already know, the last three episodes were huge. So... Parts, uh, the, the 41st podcast was with James Ernest, number 42 with Mike Selinker. Those are the two original game designers for Pirates of the Spanish Main. So that was amazing to have them on. And then late, uh, recently, actually, that was June 11th, number 43 came out with Jason Michael, who uh, did some of the flavor text and managed some of the WizKids forums back in the day. So the past three episodes have arguably been like the three biggest, in a way, um, at least um, you could you could debate it, of course, kind of subjective, but... Some pretty big episodes, some pretty huge uh, WizKids, former WizKids employee guests. So thanks for listening to those. Wow. Highly recommend those episodes. Yeah, those are real fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely a big, kind of an event of sorts in the Pirate CSG community. Of course, no no relation to the silly events from uh, South China Seas and whatnot on uh, Revolution. But anyway, a much better event. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other news, yep. of course, <laughs> as most people know, uh, miniature trading is shutting down on July 1st. And that's only, that's less than two weeks away. Yep. So it's kind of a continuation of the bad news we got last year when uh, late August, there was like a kind of a empty crisis scare, uh, which prompted me to get the forums up at Pirates of Ben. And uh, so now it's finally actually going to shut down. There's actually, you know, the message on on the website and whatnot. So... So that's a really, it's a sad time in the community, as usual. Uh, kind of, again, a continuation from last year. So it's been in limbo for a while. The site hasn't worked well this year. It's been very erratic and weird. And I've actually, yeah. I was going to do a trade recently with Perkisru, and uh, we, we, we're not even going to do it through MT at this point, especially because it might shut down before we can even finish the trade. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty unfortunate. So... Yeah. yeah. One thing that, that uh, um, someone on Facebook talked about how we can save part of it with the, the Internet Archive, also known as the oh, Wayback yeah. Machine. Yeah, so that's cool. I've got a link to that and a link yeah, to all this stuff in the uh, the YouTube Live description here. And that will also be, you know, in the posts for the podcast and whatnot. So I haven't gotten into that yet. And it's one of those things where you know, you don't really own the content. So some, you know, unfortunately the Wayback Machine could fail someday too. So there's no guarantee of yeah. content thing on the internet, but it is a way to try to save things. So I'm going to look more into that this week and hopefully save even more stuff. I saved a lot of stuff last year, but mostly in like picture form, um, sometimes in text form, but the, the, there is a little bit of light in the tunnel, I guess you could say. So. Yeah, yeah. One thing I've noticed with that, um, from using it to access the old WizKids Pirates website and forums, um, I think Wolf was the one who kind of first did that at Miniature Trading a while ago and posted about it. Um, one thing I've noticed with the Wayback Machine is that 
you can get pages and see them, but then when you click on a link to any anything else, that anything that's linked also has to be saved in the Wayback Machine. So you basically have to save like a ton of URLs to make it work. So like you you could save the the Pirates Forum page, but then if you click on any thread, it'll say this page is not archived. So it's a little, you know, it would take a while. I don't know if there's like a bulk URL submission, but I'll, I'm going to get into that this week a little bit, hopefully. So. Yeah, I know nothing about how any of that works. Yeah, so. yeah I haven't really tried <laughs> it yet. Luck. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to try to... Um, see, I got banned, but I can I could still access the site, and I think I can still search for my stuff that I posted in the forums and the fleets and whatnot. Yep, nice. So what I think I might try to do in the next couple of weeks, if I'm not doing... Um, uh, century economy, making reports for that, trying to find a job, etc. I'll just like you know either um, use the um, uh, like a screenshot or sniping tool to take uh, pictures of it, or just migrate the text to a word document and like save it on like a hard drive or a flash drive that I've got somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I saved all my fleets and miniature reviews. I might actually. Just in case, just a warning for anybody that sees new fleets of miniature trading uh, in the next, like, 10 days or whatever. Um, there's a chance, because of how good the fleet system at MT is, and with the, you know, the miniature pictures and everything, I love the expanded view where you can see the, the ship pictures along with all the stats and abilities. I might actually go on a fleet binge to submit a bunch of fleets, and then... But only, I'm not going to write up descriptions there. I'm going to write up the description and whatnot on Pirates with Ben and just and just save the pictures from MT and publish them as, like, <laughs> post at my website. Because, like, because I don't really, I think it would be the best way to do it rather than just trying to list the fleets out at Pirates with Ben. Miniature Trading has such a good system with the database and whatnot that I think I should just dump them there and then just put them right on Pirates with Ben immediately as, like, picture form. Um, like the full page screen captures. Yeah. So, so I, so if you see like a bunch of new fleets randomly right before the site shuts down, uh, that's the strange reason why. So, anyway, I, I hope to do that. I don't know about time, but I'll hopefully. Um, and UI Doom is actually commenting in the YouTube live right now. Um, oh, he talked cool. about how he tried a few offline website tools, and the server has all the images blocked, so you can only save web pages with broken hyperlinks. I had a little bit of experience with that uh, with HTTrack uh, last year when I was trying to save a bunch of stuff from the site based on a suggestion from somebody at the subreddit, and uh, it worked okay. It's just kind of hard. I don't know. I'm just not very good at using it. Um, I, I was able to grab all the pictures, and I, I have posted links to those um, or a link to a, like a Google Drive folder somewhere, um, and I saved a bunch of other stuff with that too, but... Um, and then he says, it's really hard to preserve any site pages. The site is cozy with JavaScript and some Ajax protocols running on the back end, which is making it really hard for me to help. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe, you know, the coding and design of MP is inherently um, difficult to work with in terms of saving it. So I don't have, I don't have any technical, yeah, I don't, I don't have any uh, technical experience with website uh, really. So like the Pirates of Ben fixes is just like me Googling and try to, try to figure stuff out like on the fly <laughs> so, yeah but anyway yeah at least there's some stuff we can do and i have saved there's an imgur folder that i've linked to in the past i saved a quite a bunch um dozens of thread topics actually from miniature trading last year like last fall um in picture form so there is a bunch of content saved um it's just kind of overwhelming uh, so it's kind of wild um 
Alrighty, so I'm T shutting down. Oh, so that, but that gets me to a question though. So what are our best memories of miniature trading? And I would say mine would probably be a combination of the fleet challenges and also a lot of the classic discussions, like some of the old time forum members like Lord Stew, MacIver, Master, Master and Commander, Captain Nemo, so many good ones, Ned Lands, I mean, and just so many others, Old Man and yeah. Ferns, of course. Just a lot of the old discussions and the sense of community that was kind of fostered there over the years. So I would say threads, fleet challenges, and just in general, how perfect the site was for pirates in terms of trading, fleet building, uh, keeping track of your collection, and miniature reviews uh, to a lesser extent. So a lot of great memories there. Do you have any best memories? Yeah. Uh, echoing some of the same sentiments. I mean, I lurked on the forum. I didn't join for like half a year, but I could still like, you know, see some of the stuff that was going on and et cetera and so forth. So I remember like, you know, I think, um, reading like, I think it was before you even put together the thread of threads. I'm like, just like, yeah, I think finding links to old threads, uh, fleets, uh, miniature reviews, like, you know, Oh, is this ship good? Or is that ship good? Yep. And then, like, you know, once I joined and started getting going, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the custom ships thread. Mm -hmm. That and the battle reports. Like, you know, either me, you, or whoever else uh, jumped in there. Like, yep. just seeing, oh, is there a new one? Oh, what's Ben done this time? Yep. I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't Ben, but hey, what's this other person done? Yep. So yeah. those were real fun, uh, doing those. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, posting, like, the first, um, the first Century of Empire game that I did back in 2015... Like, to this day, I think it's like the largest, at least in terms of map size, game that I've ever played. Yeah. I mean, it's like I one, one side of it was like, you know, 16 feet across. <laughs> so it was like this uneven square thing. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. It was like huge. Yep. Mm. Uh, man, a lot of, yeah, there's so many classic things there. Man, oh man. Yeah. And then once you put together uh, the thread of threads, I think when you first did that, I just like, you know, I went through and looked at, hey, where's all these old things from like, you know, way back when? Yeah. Like, I remember um, you linked one of like the, the great spam bot attack of like 2012 or something. Yep. And I remember reading that like two or three times through. It's like, well, that looks fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and the, and the, uh, at the time, it probably wasn't, but uh, yeah. huh. reading about it um, secondhand. Uh, and then the other thing was, uh, there was another one you linked in there, like result of review war. Oh like, yes. <laughs> back in like 2012, 2011 or something, there were like some people who abused, uh, the fleet rating or the review rating system and like three or four people all got banned. Yes. <laughs> and it was like two or three people that had like dummy accounts and all this other like drama. I was like, oh, so, Reading about it secondhand was like, okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, reading about it secondhand, but um, living through it probably wasn't. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It kind of reminded me of uh, when Want Krakens was on the forum. Yeah. And when he started just like, you know, going off on people, it was like, okay, dude, time to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually got that up now. The result of Review War. <laughs> the Review War of 09 has reached an end. This is by. Uh, Coloring BK or coloring book, I think is what it, oh, yeah. its username coloring is book. intended to be. Um, to reiterate like how to be banned from this site. Or something? Yeah, I think it was a Herald actually back then. 
Um, oh, yeah. 2009. Yeah, How to Get Banned. And it says, cussing the Herald out through the PM system. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then... I mean, like, how would you, like, think that, you know, doing that <laughs> would be good for you? Yeah. Uh... All right. Uh, how there wouldn't be re- repercussions. It's like, huh? Yeah, exactly. Man, this makes me. Ah, uh, I don't think I'm gonna have time. But like, yeah, this makes me want to save more than I already have of some of the the thread of threads and some stuff in it and whatnot. Man, yeah, I feel like it's it's a thing where like until MT is finally gone for good, it doesn't hit you fully. So like on July second, I'm totally gonna type in like a URL or something that my computer like, remembers. Yeah. Um, I have bookmarks. Yeah, I have bookmarks for like the economy edition rules and like the world game and stuff like that. I mean, it's saved elsewhere, yeah. but it's still gonna be weird to like type in a URL. Um, it's not there anymore. Yeah, and then it's just not gonna not gonna work. So, man, I might might have. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. I might try to save more than I thought I could, but yeah, yeah. no promises uh, to say the least. Um, all right. Yeah, so many great memories of MT. Um, and I would highly recommend anybody to check out the Thread of Threads in this last week or so, um, to see kind of the, some of the history of the Pirates community and whatnot. So, and the, the naming of the, or the ship, the statting of the ships in a bottle, that was pretty crazy for, uh, oh, yeah. man to acquire how, the, I think it was like, you know, um, yeah, everyone had like, you know, this crazy idea for like, you know, the stats for the Gestig. Yeah. And then Wolf was like, you know, what if it's just like, you know, it doesn't have an ability and it was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's probably the best idea. <laughs> Like, yeah. oh, why didn't we think of that before? Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yep. All right. So the next one is, have you played recently? And I know you have, so I'll let you talk about that. And I've got a link in the in the YouTube live description for anybody watching. Hey, cool. Go check out my stuff, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, shameless plug, sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, every summer uh, I play a... Um, what amounts to a campaign game, which is a fusion of uh, two rule sets put forth uh, by two different people. One is the uh, Century of Empires rule, and then the other one is the uh, Economy Edition rules. Uh, I liked both of them, and I did my best to kind of meld the two together to make this thing I call Century of Economy. Uh, basically, it's me and my brothers uh, playing a campaign game for as much of the summer as we can, and whatever faction wins at the end is declared, all right, that's the best faction until we play again next year. So that's the basic gist of that. And I've started, oh, let's see, I think I started like, you know, like the 10th or 11th. And I've gotten uh, two reports out so far, uh, and I'm working on reports three and four. So uh, report three, you know, knock on wood, will be up sometime uh, Monday. Uh, I wanna gonna try to work on it like you know all tomorrow. Uh, I've got the script typed up. I just need to do the voice dubbing and matching up the pictures to the words, etc. and so forth. Yep, very nice. Uh, but in addition to that, um, today actually, uh, I already uh, I played like uh, two games earlier today. Nice. Uh, our friend from the um, um, I think it was the 2015 economy game and uh, the summer campaign. That we did with him where it was like, you know, individual, like, you know, collection to collection. Yep. Uh, so he's over, he's moving uh, to Washington, like, you know, mid-July. So we've had him over to like, you know, one last hurrah, one last pirating thing. Nice. Uh, so we've already uh, played two games. 
I got like third place in the first game and the second game, everyone just kind of like, you know, came from my head <laughs> and uh, I got eliminated. All my ships were sunk. Oh, wow. And uh, one of my brothers, uh, the Ginger Ninja, uh, he's got a home island raider, so I'm fairly certain he's just going to take like the seven gold that I did manage to get home. So I am last in that game. Yeah. But you know, it was time to podcast. So, all right, I'm out. Later, yep. dudes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually played yesterday and published the battle report uh, late last night. It was a really bizarre game, and I, I called it, uh, the title is Bizarre Bottleneck Game, because I used the I used the new idea that I, well, not really new, I thought about it a long time ago was when I was at college, because there were um, like study rooms with uh, brown wooden tables, and I thought about, I never did it then, but I thought about combining the two tables where the edges or the corners would line up, but only maybe like an S or an L wide to create like a bottleneck. Yeah. In the game yesterday, I didn't use the two tables like that. I do plan to play another bottleneck game, hopefully this summer. I'm not sure um, if I really will, but I hope so. And uh, basically um, the game yesterday was just really, it was bizarre. So I highly recommend anybody check it out if they want to see not only like a strange game with like a disputed winner or a disputed ending, but uh, also a game where like weird things happened with abilities that you wouldn't expect. Like Parley, uh, Parley worked out and a UT was exchanged with Parley rather than a a gold coin worth value. um, It was a face down UT. And also um, one fleet got all their gold from Ransom and Ophidius the sea monster from uh, Savage really? Wars that gets you can you can board it and take huh. its segments for gold for two gold each. So yeah, it was it was bizarre. Uh, yeah. And the ending, the final score, um, I reached out to Wolf actually to make sure I had kind of gotten the ending kind of right or wrong. I kind of ran out of time to play, so it was it was a really bizarre ending. Um, but basically, by the official rules, um, the game ended with a score. Mm-hmm of the first three fleets were all within one gold of each other. Or two gold, I should say. Wow. So, yeah, so it was like, you know, if you can imagine, like, three, two, one. So it was, it was very close. So, anyway, that was that was yesterday. That's and then the two games I played this, this summer before that were much bigger and much more grand efforts, of course. Uh, the game from only a week ago was the four-fleet 100-point game, and that one turned out really great. And... Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that one ended with only a two gold margin of victory. That one was pretty sweet, and I was trying to emulate the 2015 game. It wasn't quite as good, of course, but it was still a classic. So, honestly, if I, I've kind of asked this question, I think in the past, um, in the, I think the Pirate CSG survey, like what, what, um, what kind of scenarios or what setups have resulted in your favorite or best pirates games? And for me, it would be four fleets, a hundred points. Because both of the, the games I've played, uh, maybe I've played other ones in the past, of course, too, that, at that level. But both of those games that I remember have been wicked good. So I think, you know, three to five fleets at, like, you know, maybe you can't go to 100, but 60, 80, or 100 points multiplayer games can be a ton of fun. They do take a bit longer, of course, than, you know, smaller games. But yeah, it's well worth it. So And, of course, this one is a little older. From May 11th, I played the Legend of the Giant Turtle game. Which was that one got? Oh, yeah, kinda, that was fun to read about. Yeah. yeah, that one was out of hand. It got got kind of too long. It got 
pretty wild, but that one was definitely memorable. And I'm hoping to use the giant turtle again. And oh, I'm so glad I remembered this. I didn't think I was, I forgot to write this down in the podcast doc. So it's perfect that you're on the podcast because you know how we played the Savage Shores anniversary game last November for the 10th anniversary of that set being released. Oh, yeah, with all the turtles that were moving around. Exactly. So we had <laughs> we had the the great turtles, and now I've actually um, I basically have I never opened any Savage uh, Savage Shores scavenger pack boxes myself, but I have um, I should have three great turtles in the mail in a trade. And then I'm going to use that in a game that I'm going to call Turtle Mania. And it's just going to be really <laughs> silly. So I'm not I'm not really trying to do a big grand reveal. That's why I'm already talking about it now. Uh, I hope to play it before July 4th. We'll see if it happens. Um, so it's going to be Turtle Mania. So it's going to be at least three great turtles, hopefully. And then the giant turtle, custom huge turtle, um, that's going to be moving around too. And then... It's going to be totally bonkers, though, because I have three Turtles UTs. I'm going to put all of them in the treasure distribution. And then I think I'm going to try to use as many Turtle ships as possible. So it's going to be Turtles everywhere. It's going to be the Turtle game. So it should be pretty fun. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I have enough, but if I have enough, I might try to do um, fleets with only Turtle ships. So if I have enough, it's going to be... Only turtle ships going to Turtle Islands um, and finding the Turtles UT. So it's going to be, it might be totally stupid, but it should be funny at least, at the very least. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that wraps up uh, the games I've played um, and the games you've played. Have you played any other small games this year or no? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. Or uh, at least I'm not remembering any off the top of my head. Yep. Uh, there might have been uh, some, like, near the beginning of the year, like January, February, where, where my brothers and I just, like, you know, broke out ships and, like, you know, didn't necessarily play a um, um, a set of games, but, like, you know, had, like, you know, a bunch of, like, all right, uh, okay, let's have, uh, like, you know, a deathmatch uh, game. Where it's like, okay, pick a ship and then deck it out to the max and then, okay, sew it against your other decked out ship and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, so the next... We might have... I, I don't really remember. Yeah. From the, the, there might have been some near the beginning of the year, but I'm not sure. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I played a non-solo four-player game. I think it was like May 25th as well. So that was, that was cool to play with four players again. All right, so the next one... This is a... Uh, suggestion that I think I went over on a previous podcast, Game Essentials. Um, so I, I don't think I mentioned it at the time. And one thing I would mention with that is the five documents um, that you can find on the homepage of Pirates with Ben, my fan site, um, which are basically the Start Here rules, the Complete Game rules, the Pirate Code, uh, the Master Keyword List, and Wolf's uh, Reference Diagrams. You, do, you definitely don't need all five to play, but um, they're all really helpful. The Reference Diagrams are the most optional but the other four are really uh, pretty important. So if you are able, it would be great to have all those documents up either on a computer or in a paper form um, whenever you play Pirates, just to, just for quick reference and just so you can look anything up on the fly when you need to rather than wondering if you played it wrong uh, the, you know, the whole game through. So, And then the second part would yeah. be 
always make sure to have a, a D6, of course, uh, measuring card or little, you know, the little straws that have for the L and S measuring, and islands, of course, and coins, uh, in addition to your fleet. Sometimes, you know, you get all your ships out and the crew, and that's a big deal to get all set up. And then you realize you don't have an extra deck plate or, you know, your own coins or any ETs you might have wanted to include. So it is a game with a lot of components, so it's not, you know, it's not a game that sets up quickly, but but it's usually worth it because it's a lot of fun yeah, to play yeah. it and to see it and document it. Yeah, yeah. Well, once you get, like, you know, set up for, like, you know, one game, you can pretty much use the same setup but just change it slightly. Yeah. And that's what, uh, what, what we did today. We played, like, the first 70-point game... Finished it and said, "Okay, let's you know go again. Same home, the home islands, same everything, but slightly different fleets, mm-hmm. and seventy points again. So that's what we did. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's good for convenience. All right. So Velm or V E one M had a request from the podcast thread at Pirates of Ben, and he asks, "Have you ever tried to use alternating turn by turn combat for individual ships during combat?" So. It's the type of thing where, you know, you everybody moves and then everybody shoots rather than having uh, one person take their full turn, things like that. Or at least that's the general idea. So, and like Wolf says, this is the type of thing that would, you know, you kind of have to do like a rules overhaul to make it viable. Um, I haven't played, um, I haven't tried that yet. It is interesting to me. And uh, I actually have a link to uh, Bendari, Captain Bendari's uh, action phase variant, which he uploaded to Board Game Geek. So that one is interesting. I have it downloaded and stuff. I haven't tried it yet. Um, it's the type of thing that seems like it would hold potential, but I don't know. I just, there might be a lot of rules interactions with it. It's also the type of thing where yeah. there's a... I haven't tried that either. Yeah. It's the type of thing where I have a ton of like different ideas for pirates games, like Turtle Mania and the Bottleneck and things like that. So I just, I just don't always get around to all of the different, you know, things you can try. And even in the game ideas page or thread that I made of all the different stuff, I've only you, I've only tried maybe ten percent of less of all those ideas. So and it, and there's that massive scenario compilation at Board Game Geek. It might be fifty or sixty pages long. Um, and I've only played, you know, a small handful of those. So it's it's pretty intimidating to get into. So, but anyway. So, yeah, yeah so Vendari actually has his own uh, action phase variant, it's called, at Board Game Geek, where you can find it. So, but yeah, to address the question, I haven't tried that. It's just yet another thing I'd like to try, but haven't yet. So. No, I haven't um, uh, tried that either. Uh, for the most part, I haven't tried fiddling around with some of the core mechanics of the game. Yeah. Like, you know, the combat rules or anything like that. Uh, because while I probably could, uh, do something like that, uh, I don't think I would want to. Yeah. Because I'm, like, you know, weighing, like, you know, the energy to, like, you know, do a rules overhaul like that, and then, like, you know, only me and my two brothers play it that way, and no one else does. So, why do that? Yeah, yes, yeah. You get on Vassal, so, and then it's like, wait, what? Are, how are we going to play this? So, yeah, yeah. Just like how uh, that happened to me um, uh, a while ago uh, when I played a, a Vassal game with Vendari, and um, I just assumed we were going to go until all the gold was gone, and then like you know midway through, I realized, oh wait, he's using like you know the 
half gold total rule. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So okay, I'll do it that way then. Yeah, you have to that's like I never play it that way. I like I go until all the gold is off of islands or a fleet is like you know eliminated. Yep. Yeah, I prefer like that's that like too. usually how I play. Yep. Yeah, I prefer. And those that. are like you know apparent um, like house rules. Yep. So the alternating combat thing that sounds cool, I guess, but that would again fall under like you know one of those things where it's like. Eh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's such a huge change that it would, it, it, it's also like, you have to commit to like a gaming experience using that, which is fine, but it's like trying to use wind and like return fire in the same game, like all of a sudden, like it's a big deal to set it up and to like figure it out and figuring out like which version of those rules you want to use. And then you have to come up with how abilities interact on the fly. Like for example, with alternating combat, I don't know what captains, I don't know, I guess they wouldn't be useful at all. So you'd have to figure out, yeah. I mean, you'd have to base your fleets, okay. crew setups around the rules potentially, which yeah. changes your whole thinking. Yeah. So, yep. Which fundamentally change how people approach, you know, the game and strategies and whatnot. Yeah. Because as the rules are currently, uh, being quick and getting the first shot in matter a whole lot. Yep. Which is not necessarily how things were historically. But that's how the game is set up to be played. Yeah. So change that, and it changes. It, it's basically an entirely different game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I might try out uh, a few house rules in games uh, this summer. But anyway, I got to get moving on that. Well, sort of. We'll see. <laughs> um, I might. I'm hoping to do wind in a in a somewhat large game later on, but we'll see. So the next one comes from CR Sluggo. He's got a suggestion. As a topic you may want to discuss, what are your thoughts on the current market of pirates items? Is it still overall a seller's market? Or have prices started to shift back towards the buyer again? Um, This one is... I I would say it's mostly a seller's market, in my opinion. Or at least based on, you know, prices I've seen on eBay. I would say eBay has just basically just been a lot less hot than last year. Last year was crazy. This year... um, I just haven't been posting yeah. as much as at, at the BST group on Facebook and in the eBay thread on Pirates of Ben because there's just not as many deals. I feel like a lot of people unloaded last year, and maybe part of that was because we saw some crazy record prices last year, um, you know, like almost $500 for a punched set of South China Seas is the one I remember, and yeah. a lot of other big prices. So, um, so I would say it's still sort of a seller's market, but... Um, it doesn't feel like a buyer's market simply because the, it seems kind of scarce. There's not that many good deals, and like a lot of the like individual stuff on eBay is way overpriced, and even some of the packs too. Yeah. Those things have increased. Um, I think I saw the other day. I want to say I saw 36 packs of Caribbean for like about 130, and I want to say it was 100 like last oh, week. So, yeah, so I think overall it's a seller's market, but more because of scarcity than. I don't know, I haven't really seen crazy auction prices this year. eBay just seems more dormant than usual, and uh, I don't know, it's not not the greatest time to buy, but at least that, that's what I've seen so far. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, you know, I've seen a couple things that I'm on eBay that have caught my eye, but it's like, well, I don't have the money for that. Yeah. I just sit here and watch it and hope that, you know, no one bids on it, it ends, it gets relisted at a lower price, and, you know, rinse and repeat. 
Yep. Until it comes down low enough to where maybe I could try to get it, but then by the time it comes down that low, that's probably a good deal, and everyone else knows about it. Yep. I mean, I don't think I've bought pirate stuff off of eBay ooh, probably since, like, you know, almost two years ago, I think. Yep. It's been like um, it's been a while since I bought uh, any like new pirate stuff. Yeah, yeah, I haven't bought too much either, really. I I had my eye on some things recently, but then they they blow up at the last second to the point of like insanity. I was looking at a lot that had no bids until I want to say like the last ten minutes or something, and uh, so I thought I had a chance. And then um, you know, in the last ten ten seconds of the auction. You know, it's got the timer, it's, like, counting down, so you feel pressure to, like, put up a ton of money to try to get uh-huh. it. Um, so it's counting down, and then all of a sudden, the price just goes up by $150, and it went out of my range. I was like, okay, <laughs> never mind. Like I said, no, it's like you have no shot after all. You know, you like, you no bids for six days, so you feel like you've got a chance, and then last 10 seconds you know, $200 increase in the price. So it's like, okay. Yeah, that's the other thing too. When I look at them, uh, listings, I like, okay, if it's an auction with zero bids, fine, whatever. But look at how many people are watching it. If there's like 10 plus people yeah, I've seen that. watching something that's got like zero bids, it's like, expect for some last second uh, sniping. Yep. For someone yeah, exactly. to try and just like, you know, try and get it. Yep. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm seeing... So I just did my little search for Pirate CSG and uh, items being bid on for Pirate CSG as a keyword. I see a cri- this tiny Crimson Coast lot, um, Spanish Main lot. That looks okay, I guess. And then I'm seeing a couple Fire and Steel uh, SE Special Edition boxes. So not too much right now. But a Guichuan just sold uh, for $42.05, but it was punched. So... That was still the lowest I've seen the Guichuan go for in a, a a short while. So yeah, and it looked it looked like it was in pretty good condition, but whatever. I'm super super happy and glad that I got into pirates uh, before like 2015 because like I got so many good deals from 2011 to 2014. Um, I feel really lucky that I was able to get in with a basically a buyer's market, which I didn't realize realize at the time. But when I think about some of the deals I've gotten. Um, I haven't really had to spend as much as some other people to acquire a decent collection. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. I'll ask you the next one first. Uh, what is your favorite strategy? Hmm. Okay, there's like two answers to that. Um, there's my, like, you know, power gamer strategy, which is UPS. I really like that. Uh, that's fun to do. Uh, I can win you a game uh, really quickly, as evidenced uh, by the tournament, uh, by the various vassal tournaments. But that is like you know reserved for like you know competitive games or when I feel like you know flexing on the people that I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one that isn't necessarily um, like you know power gaming. I really like gold capture and that whole ability. Yep. I mean, uh, the second game that I played today, I uh, decked out the Akua Lapu with like Bonnie Peel, Crimson Angel, and a Helmsman, and I was gonna try to go get some like you know expensive crew, but I got one shot like you know as soon as I moved it away from my home island. It was like, well, there goes that. Yep. Wow. Yeah, mine would. Uh, how about you? 
Yeah, mine would fluctuate, um, I would say based on game size more than anything else. Um, like my favorite strategy in the campaign games is um, like the arms rates and everything like that. And it would depend on um, like faction too. So if I'm playing as the cursed, I'm going to go with a more wacky strategy or more, I don't know, I might use like more crew killing abilities or, or more like mind control, of course. That's one of my absolute favorite strategies, mind control. That's the fleet, 70-point fleet I made uh, quite a while back, actually, where you try yeah. to control your enemies. It's fleet with, like, a combination of Davy Jones rolling sixes, the L movers, uh, Mysterious Islands. There's a lot that goes into it. UTs can help as well. It's not very practical at all. That would be one of my favorite casual <laughs> strategies. Um, but like you, sometimes when I, when I want to win or need to win, I would say a combination of, like, the extra action ability, like HMS Titan, SAC, um... The Loki's Revenge was devastating in the uh, the four fleet hundred point game I played last Friday, the fourteenth of June. Um, so sack sack is man. There's nothing like a guaranteed extraction. You know it's yeah. coming, and you can just use it to just absolutely dominate. So it's cheap, and you know it's not not exactly the right price, but um, but yeah, I would say that's that's it's a tough question for me because I have so many different strategies. Like fog hopping is fun. Um, Home Island Raiding can be fun. Oh, yeah, that's another like, one that I like. Yeah, Grim the Savage. Um, trying to come up with fun strategy combos um, that involve, like, complicated uh, combos. That would be one of my favorite strategies. Like, trying to get um, Grim the Savage for, like, Home Island Horde, as I call it, on, like, a 10 Master. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, like, a Treasure Ship. That one is fun. Um, yeah, you actually did that uh, once. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, when you and I played the, like, I think it was the 500-point water world. A uh, 200, yeah. You had him on the Bouchon, or, yeah. yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, it was great. And uh, I think you also, I think you either had um, the Spanish, the, sorry, the Savage Shores versions of Bianco's Haulers. Yeah. You just copied the ability from somewhere else in your fleet. Yeah, it was crazy. Docked at my, like, you know, home fort, and just like, that's gold's all mine, and you can't shoot me. I'm docked. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, that was... Okay, that was, then. Yeah, that was so unique because it was one of the only games I've played uh, where everything went right. Like, everything I tried to do or wanted to do went, like, pretty much exactly as planned, which happens probably once every 100 <laughs> games or whatever, or once every 70 or something like yeah. that. So, I mean, yeah, I played, I think I'm at 4.30. Oh, I don't think I recorded the play from yesterday on Breaking Geek, so I might be at, like, 4.31 or 4.32 total plays. And I would say the perfect mm -hmm. game has only happened you know, five to ten times at most. So, and to have it in a game of that size <laughs> against a good player like you was just really wild. Um, and, but the the cool part is, um, I might be getting a combo like that into action again soon. So, as a little hint, um, yeah. there's a game I'm looking forward to playing. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it, if it does happen, it's going to be, it should be really, really interesting, to say the least. Um, just, thinking, just thinking about the fleets, I have getting prepared for it has me extremely excited. So a uh, combination of fleets I've used, or I haven't used, but I created a while back, um, and a company, and some other fleets that are going to be new using some old combos that I really like. So I'm super hyped about it. But anyway, I got to stop talking and get playing eventually. So, um, But yeah, my favorite strategy is just be yeah. all over the place. So my, mind control would be my favorite casual strategy, but I'm willing to use almost anything. So, I guess the only yeah. strategy that I wouldn't like as much would be, like, 
stuff to do with like submersibles. I'm not a huge fan of sea, sea creatures or submarines a lot, um, which is part of the reason I was annoyed with the ending of yesterday's game. But anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> you'll you'll know when you read if you read about it. It, it was it was strange. So yeah, I'll make sure to go check it out after the podcast here. Yeah. Anyway, maybe I'll try to that's, that uh, on the podcast. Uh, that was uh, the the bottleneck game where you yeah. did that, that had uh, the submerged stuff that you weren't fond of. Yeah, yeah, it was. All right. It was like I don't know. It was like one of the one of the very few games. It was a rare game where um, you almost had a disputed winner. So the fleet that technically won won in a really kind of a disgusting way, in a sense. And like I didn't realize it though yesterday because I was really pressed for time and I was trying to rush the ending of the game and. Uh, Basically, I should have kept playing, and if I had, it wouldn't have turned out for the worse. But um, it was just weird. So the combination of like then you know it would have been different, and like yeah, and like not uh, not realizing that I should have kept playing, it made it like a almost like a dual winner, like disputed winner type situation, which is really rare. So uh, yeah, it was, like uh, the 2015 economy game that I played oh, uh, in the yeah. winter. Oh yeah, it's a disputed winner there. That was. Oh, I don't want to. Talk. Gosh, that's a sore subject for me. I just think about that and I'm like, no, yeah. no more. Yeah. Uh, As an addendum uh, to the favorite strategy thing, um, something that I don't do often, even though I, well, I, I probably should do it more. Like things involving sea monsters and sea creatures, like sea dragons, titans, krakens, etc., and so forth. I think I played a game once where I had, like, you know, four sea monsters in one actual ship. And I won by, like, you know, and I somehow won. I think it was, like, a deathmatch um, game. Or it was, like, you know, a regular one, but I somehow managed to win with, like, you know, four sea monsters in one ship. I was like, huh. <laughs> How did I do that? Yeah, that's wild. Nice. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's the type of thing I think where both of us have played so much that we have many favorite strategies depending on game size, the faction we're using at the time, um, and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. The next one is, what is your favorite ingredient? You're cutting out a wee bit there, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, just let me know if it gets bad. Um, what is well, your... you've been kind of going in and out, like, you know, the past minute or three. Okay. All right. We hear, like, you know, every, like, three words, sort of. Okay. Huh. Hopefully it'll uh, get better. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, at least we got the podcast doc, too. Like, to the There's a thing on Discord that says RTC disconnected. I can still hear you, and you can still hear me, so yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, I don't see that anywhere on my end, so should be good audio uh, that's getting recorded, hopefully, so. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got three watching on YouTube, so thanks for watching and listening, as always. Um, hey, three yeah, people! Yeah, we had four earlier, so that's cool. All right, the next one. What is your favorite ingredient when making custom islands or terrain? Hmm. I don't have, like, you know, a favorite ingredient. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, like, you know, things I enjoy most when making an island. Mm -hmm. Or uh, a terrain piece. Yep. I would say, so, yeah. I would say for me, it's so probably, like you know the favorite. Huh? Oh, sorry. 
I would say for me, it's probably either sand or like the grass powder. Cause just cause of the way it looks in like the finished product. I like, I love my islands that have like sand or like the really fine grass, green grass powder on them. Yeah, that's all right. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, um, when I make the islands, I am like, you know, concerned sort of secondly about like, you know, the paint and the sand and stuff. Well, I, uh, it's difficult to explain in words. Yeah. Um, like I said, like I said earlier, I don't have like, you know, a favorite ingredient, uh, but there's things I enjoy doing. Like, you know, the initial carving of the island out of the foam. That's okay. something I enjoy greatly. I actually don't enjoy that because <laughs> it's some huge mess for me, at least. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, funny. yeah, it can be a huge mess, yeah. but it's also like you know, okay, here's this like you know, square-looking piece or rectangular-looking piece of foam, and from it, I am able to make something that looks round and could potentially, uh, you know, depending on how well I do it looks like an actual island from someplace. Yep. And, like, most of that is, like, you know, the initial cutting, carving, and shaping of the foam with whatever tools you have on hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, you know, the painting, the adding the details, uh, like I did on uh, my um, my island-making uh, videos, the two, the two videos I did for that, for making an island, yep. or at least the steps that I follow. So, like, you know, the first layer of paint... The second layer of paint, and then like you know the glue, the sand, and the final layers of paint, and like you know adding like you know any shrubs or anything. Yeah, I like adding shrubs because they look cool too. I ran out uh, a while back, so mm -hmm. I kind of missed them making some of the islands. But yeah, I d I do remember liking some of the carving. Um, I distinctly remember Captain Mission's Pirate Kingdom when I when I got that piece. I I immediately almost immediately knew what I wanted to do with it. Cause it was, I remember, I think I have the original pictures too, in my ocean train kind of re-entry uh, page or whatever, um, where like, you can see exactly what I should do with it. Cause it was already had like some space cut out. And then there was like little indentations where I could make the tunnels and stuff um, or the arches and whatnot. So that was fun. Cause I got to like see it and then just die right into it. And that was the type of thing where I wanted to make it kind of look like craggy or just kind of harsh in general. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have to worry about smooth sides or like certain angles or anything. So I just like hacked at it with the utility knife and didn't care about like taking huge chunks off. I was doing that on purpose. So it was kind of nice to just not worry about what it would look like or getting a certain thing to look perfect. I just like hacked it the top of it until it was like all like rocky and whatnot. So that was kind of fun actually. Yeah. And then, a kind of a follow-up, what is your favorite or most useful tool when making things? Uh, for me, it would probably just be the utility knife going into the, the foam. Um, could be like a paintbrush. I've actually used scissors rather effectively. Um, so, so yeah, for me, it would probably just be a knife of some kind, at least with foam islands, which are... Yeah, nice. same here. Yeah. I don't have, a, like, a utility knife, but I have, like, an X-Acto knife, and I've got this... Um, like this razor toothed saw thing that I picked up out of Michael. Uh, and like between those, like those are what I use to like, you know, carve out, you know, cut the things out, let the rough shape. Uh, and then actually after that, my most favorite or useful um, uh, tool is this steel ruler that I use to just like, you know, drag across the foam to make the jagged looking cliffs. 
Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, that makes sense. So those are probably the most useful things. Like, you know, paintbrushes, uh, you know, I have, for some reason, me and my folks have, like, a ton of paintbrushes from, like, way back whenever. So I've always just kind of, like, you know, had brushes. And so I was like, yeah, okay, brush, whatever. But, like, things that I didn't have, like, before, like, you know, the knife, uh, the little saw, the, the ruler, those, to me, are more useful because I didn't have those already. I had to go out and get those. Yep. You know, to make the islands and whatnot. Yep. Very nice. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So it looks like we'll get into the customs segment, which will be short tonight. Um, so we're going to do one custom per person. And uh, I've got the email thread up, so we can do yours first if you'd like. <coughs> HMS Lightstone, right? Uh, yeah, that's what it is. I'm looking at it on my uh, spreadsheet for Spirit's Magnet. Yeah, if you want to list it off and whatnot. All right, so shall I uh, read it off? Yeah. All right, okay, so from uh, my set Pirates of Spheres Magna, we have HMS Lightstone, uh, English ship, and for 22 points, you get a 5 master uh, with cannons of 4S, 2L, 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 4S. It has 3 cargo, a base move of S plus S. And an ability that reads as follows. Give this ship a shoot action. A light beam L wide and L plus L long leaves this ship in one direction. For every friendly ship in the path of the beam, give plus one to its die rolls for this turn. Remove a mast from this ship. And the flavor text reads as follows. Built in conjunction with the Ionics, a lightstone is unlike any ship in the fleet. There is not a single flame lantern on her. Instead, illumination is provided by the strange luminescent stones the Ionics use, which gave rise to her name. Nice. Yeah, this one I saw yeah. in that email it's one thread. Of the two, uh... <laughs> huh? I found it pretty interesting. Um, I will say, at first I thought it was really overpowered, but then I kind of glanced over it too quickly and didn't see the restrictions on the abilities and stuff. I think it could work. Um... I wouldn't mind seeing the ability be a little bit more restricted to maybe S-wide or something like that. Um, but the fact you have to give up a shoot action, or give up give an action, and then remove a mass from the ship, I think that is solid drawbacks. Um, the other thing that concerns me a, a bit is that it affects every friendly ship, but also it gives plus one to die rolls, so like D6 rolls, which is really powerful. Um, I was talking with your brother, actually, on the forum about how that ability is really powerful because it applies to, you know, navigators and AA and EA and all sorts of roles, and it helps you avoid reef damage. So it's like a super, super good ability. Um, but that being said, I, th I think the Lightstone is probably um, fine to playtest at that cost. I have a feeling she might be a bit overpowered, but um, I think she could work well. It's the type of ship that I would want to surround with, like, um, you know, good gunships and a big battle, things like that. Maybe a cheerleader <laughs> as well. And then you could, uh, it doesn't say anything about restricting cannons. So you could shoot some of those, especially those two L's could shoot along with the light beam. So that's pretty cool. So I would use her in the middle of like a big, powerful squadron and just try to steamroll all the opposition in like a larger game. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's a five-masted ship, and it's kind of meant to be a gunship. Yep. Um, but it's kind of meant to be, like, you know, a support. Well, yeah. I kind of designed it as, like, you know, a support gunship that could take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. So, giving the ship a shoot action, you would use either one of the 4S cannons for that, uh, assuming you still had them, uh, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then you could use the two L's, I guess, to shoot at anything else that was threatening you. Yep. Uh, giving it that ability, though, and that base move, I purposely limited its cargo, mm-hmm. so you couldn't, like, you know, overload it with a ton of crew. Yeah. You'd have to get a little creative uh, with who you put on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. So, that's one of the reasons I did that. Yep. And also, I think automatically, as soon as I wrote this ability, I was like, well, this is going to be a 20-point-plus ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the type of thing where you could affect multiple... 10 masters potentially i mean it would have to work out perfectly but you could you could use that in conjunction with like the shui Jian or whatever and try to get you know plus one to d6 rolls on a lot of uh cannons and abilities and whatnot so that's the type of thing that would be wicked good in like super crowded battlefields like i'm thinking like battle campaign game one some of your coec games oh, yeah. like command the oceans like super crowded areas that could be awesome. Yeah. Um, in that, in that's in those situations, like crowded uh, fighting conditions, it becomes much better. Oh yeah. But a lot of the campaigns that like I've played, like you know, in physical ones, like the ones in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, with few exceptions, a lot of times, like you know, big battles, you know, they do get crowded, but it always happens that ships like this never seem to wind up in those battles for whatever reason when I've played them. Yeah. Or it's like ships like this wind up on the outskirts and not in the center of the action. Yeah, interesting. So, I don't know how many of these uh, type of things like this that I actually have available to use. Mm -hmm. So it could just be like, you know, me not having experience with that kind of ability. Yeah. Or something like this. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the cheerleading ship, everything with an S gets plus one to can rolls. Yeah. That's perfect for a campaign game, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever, like, you know, used one of those effectively in a campaign. Yep. I was going to, me- that made me want to mention what you said earlier. Um, it made me, when you said they're, they're never at the center of battle, I feel like I haven't used them very effectively either in campaign games, except for the French in Command the Oceans, where, where I specifically remember. They had, I want to say, multiple ships, like the Solitaire and the Crete Argenti, um, in their battle against the Americans at the flat. And I remember they were super effective in those battles. So they were kind of like, they were like, sort of like right behind the front lines, and the battle was so crowded that they couldn't move much, but they could just move around just enough to be able to give multiple ships, you know, multiple bonuses each turn, basically. And I think that was... Maybe a minor reason, but maybe one of the many reasons that the French were able to best the Americans in battle uh, in that game. Um, those little sloops came in real handy. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of a it's a combination of timing, uh, like launch planning, like making sure you have them with your battle squadron, and then you know obviously uh-huh. not having them be sunk like early in the battle, which is probably <laughs> a good idea for any opponent because when you've got a little one master that can easily be rammed, derelict, or sunk with two shots, uh, perhaps, uh, running around giving plus one to kin rolls for, you know, two four masters would be 
like world heater on eight cannons essentially. So you know it adds up quick. So they can be effective, but yeah, the the French just had that perfect combination of timing and placement. But usually it, it doesn't happen like that. So I understand where you're coming from with that angle. <coughs> All right, so we'll get into the ones from uh, Pirates of the Epic Seas. So this is my custom set, uh, the fantasy set with a thousand <laughs> custom game pieces in it. So we go to the cursed section of the limited editions, and we find the Devil's Wrath, which is a 37.10 master, and it's got four cargo, S plus S base move, the cannons are 2L, 2L, uh, three 3Ss, and then three 4Ls, and then two 2Ls at the back. So pretty good cannons overall. A link to Diabolos, we'll, we'll see in a second. And the Devil's Wrath has abilities of Junk, the Junk keyword, of course, Broadsides Attack. Uh, which is not very useful, of course, on a junk. Uh, this ship cannot carry gold, but this ship can shoot at submerged submarines. So a few unique abilities there. And the flavor text, Bursting forth from the fiery depths of hell comes the latest in a long line of cursed behemoth. Setting sail from deep in the Indian Ocean, Diabolos is taking his wrath to the, American, to the Americas to wreak havoc and send humans to their doom. With a cargo hold always full of ammunition, the crew has but one purpose— Think enemy vessels, whether they are above or below the waves. Plunder is ignored in the conquest of annihilation. And then I'll go over the Link Crew Diabolos, which is uh, translates as Devil, and it was partially inspired by uh, a villain from Final Fantasy VI, which is my favorite video game uh, that I've played. I'm not a big gamer, but anyway, FF6 is awesome. So Diabolos is an 18-point game crew. Wait, what do you say? Sorry. No, I've not played any Final Fantasy game. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to playing more any today. video game, really. <laughs> okay, wow. Um, so Diabolos is an 18-point name crew linked to the Devil's Wrath, of course, and you'll see why he's so expensive in a second. He has the loyal curse keyword, the captain ability, and once per turn, choose one enemy ship within L of the ship. Roll a D6 on a 5 or 6, eliminate two-thirds of that ship's mass, rounding up from 0.5 and greater, ignoring all defensive abilities. This crew may use his abilities only aboard Cursed Ten Masters. And the flavor text for him says, Called by Xanthalos huh. from Hell I Itself. Like this guy. <laughs> Called by Xanthalos from Hell Itself, Diabolos is as close as more mere mortals can get to seeing the devil himself. Upon seeing the dominance of mankind over the world's oceans, he flew in into an unstoppable rage. Often using a flashfire burning power, he can destroy masts and rigging with blasts of fire with nearly no drawback. Rumor has it that he can fly. If true, his newest opponents in the Atlantic will be charred corpses on the ocean by month's end. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is oh, where you get the Epic Seas name from, stuff like this. <laughs> uh -huh. And the Ten Master so above, here's... <laughs> the Ten Master above yeah. is 60 points. Here's a... So. Uh... <laughs> Good grief. This thing is nuts. He's <laughs> like, here is uh, my pirate's weapon of mass destruction going up against your weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. Yeah, so three custom. I like the base move on the 10. I like the oh, base yeah. move on this. this. That's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, given what this ship and her linked crew can do, it's good there's only four cargo. Yep. Uh, I'm not quite sure how you'd be able to use uh, Broadside's attack. Yeah, now you uh, on this effectively. Maybe, um, especially since the masts overlap, yeah, and broadsides no other abilities. Maybe like you know, if someone manages to get like the first shot in on this thing and eliminates like you know half the masts, 
then maybe broadsides would be useful. Yep. Uh, shooting at submerged submarines. Well, that's that's kind of just uh, gravy, in my opinion, considering what else this ship can do. Yeah. Uh, but the real power is uh, in the link crew and uh, Diabolos. I quite like this fellow. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good thing you put uh, that last part of the ability that he yeah. only uses abilities aboard Curse Ten Masters. Yep. Because there are a handful of uh, non Ten Master ships that are like twenty points or more that you and I have both made. Oh yeah. So imagine getting him onto onto one of them yeah. when they're already much more mobile uh, than the Devil's Wrath. Yep. It's like, huh. <laughs> Yeah, and the ability, I know it's really wordy and specific and kind of, I don't even love the ability, but it comes directly from Diabolos. It's like a Magicite power in Final Fantasy VI, where I think, um, I think at most, I don't know, it's like Gravisha or some, there's like a spell you can use, and then there's like a Magicite, like Esper you can summon, summon where um, I think the most devastating effect is it knocks out like 15 sixteenths of your opponent's hit points or something like HP or something like that. So, yes. so yeah, which is like, I don't know, 90% or something similar. So I didn't want to make it that extreme. So I had it based on the goal and then, and then eliminate two thirds. So, which is still really crazy, but, but a little bit more reasonable. So. Yeah. So this guy so, seeing him uh in like one of the campaigns that you or I play with the house rule about uh two hits to one mast. Oh yeah. Uh just ignoring all defensive abilities and just straight up eliminating masts without needing to necessarily shoot the ship. Yeah. That's uh quite powerful. Yeah. Good yeah, thing he's crazy. eighteen points. Yep. And the reason I mean some people might think some people might think that Devil's Wrath should be cheaper, but um, you haven't... Well, I shouldn't say you haven't seen, but I don't think many people realize how ridiculous S plus S speed is on a 10-master, because you're going to put a Helmsman on there. Yeah. That's a 10-master moving triple S. You're probably... In the games you, you use a ship like this or the Zanfu in, you're probably going to be getting extra actions from either SAC, AA, or somewhere else. So that's 6S speed with 20 shots on a 10-master... There is not much more powerful than that in the entire game. So any 10 master with S plus S speed, I think, should just get... That should get jacked up in points. I think the Zanfu should be at least 30. Um, so this one, even though the cargo's low, some of the cannons aren't great. And the extra abilities really aren't that great. But the S plus S speed with the yeah. small cannons alone, that is just... Uh, that's just an absurd starting point. So I, I did not... I'd never want to underprice my customs, so I just I just go high from the start and just if they stink, you know they can come down eventually. But whatever. So and then Diabolos eighteen, so you you got fifty five without adding a helmsman. So obviously this is more of a campaign game yeah, yeah. or like a hundred point deathmatch type thing. So <laughs> yeah, now I'm thinking though he links to the ship. So he won't take up any cargo space, which means you've got four cargo and still quite a bit of point room uh, to throw on some more um, other cursed yeah. things. Uh, you could do like stuff. Yeah, you could do. I mean, you could Jones, fit the all powerful Jones on here. Yep. Phantasma um, from ROTF, maybe something like that. Yeah, Resident Yep. 
Uh, I suppose if you wanted to, his Davy Jones curse version, but yeah. <laughs> or since uh, Diabol- Diabolos is a captain already, um, just throw on like a helmsman, a cannoneer, and then like you know, two equipment of your choice to like you know take advantage of those bow two L cannons. Yep. When you're not you know using his ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yes. like, you know, double shot and like a fire shot from the front and two cannons. Yep. Maybe. Or the stern ones as well. Yeah, this is the type of thing where we've made so many customs and so many named crew customs that like the combos are endless, but they're like out there waiting to be discovered, I think. Like there's there's some OP combo with like probably both of these custom ships we've talked about where they become like Something that, like, we don't even realize how powerful they can become based on, like, the crew you would yeah. have. <laughs> uh. Or, like, you know, those, like, you know, um, like, the Devil's Wrath, and then you, uh, I think, oh, I'm not sure, but I think you gave the curse to someone who functions similar to Captain Nemo, along with, you know, some other things. Uh, just going off ones I made, I have made, like, you know, curse crew that have an ability to board a ship from Elloway without having to ram. <laughs> So, like, you know, Captain Nemo plus L-Board plus Sack on a 10. <laughs> it's like, oh, good uh, gravy. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there might be some revisions uh, based on campaign gameplay long in the future. We'll see. I just thought of yeah, another maybe. one with yours. The Lightstone, it says give this ship a shoot action. If she got an extra action, she could send beams in both directions, either side of her. And then this is like completely yeah. this is completely absurd and like would be like a almost like a fake game um, or a scenario, but like you could have like two ten masters on either side of the ship and then send beams in both directions and then get like plus one to d six rolls <laughs> on like four ten masters and like forty shots. <laughs> hmm. That's oh. interesting. Yeah. Try it out. Hmm. Shining Lightstone with tens. <laughs> I know, okay, you've made, like, you know, an English ten master, like, yeah, HMS Union Jack or something along that line? Uh, that was, that was the other, that was, um, man, not some Mariner 96. I can't remember who that was. Man, it was one of the uh, mercenary named, whatever. uh, MT members. I have HMS Shui Jian. I just, I just made the SS ten master. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what anyway. it was. Well, anyways... So, like, you know, getting, like, a couple, like, you know, friendly tens on either side of the lightstone and then giving the lightstone uh, an extra action to shoot the beam twice. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure... Uh, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, I think uh, JW Darkhurst might want that to get tested on him. <laughs> no, he might. He might. Who knows? I mean, within um, Sirius Magna, I think there's, like, a couple potentially broken ten masters. Yeah, probably. Some I mean, of mine are probably breakable. There's one I that I made called Outbound Flight. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, there's one I made called Outbound Flight with yeah. like you know, uh, L range immunity, S plus S space movement, and like seven cargo with decent cannons. Oh no. I mean, it was. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh oh. Granted, I'll, I'll say this for the outbound flight that I made: all the cannons are short range. Yeah, yeah. So that could be an you know, issue it's got the same problem that yeah. Zeus has. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not sure if that's much of a detriment. Yeah, not a huge one, but whatever. You can always just jack up the cost. I don't know. I mean, it's not always a solution. I think I that know. one costs like 40 or something by itself. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got, yeah, Devil's Frenzy, I put it 60. Um, that one is totally, <laughs> totally bizarre. <laughs> All right, let's not get into that, because that's going to be another half hour. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yep. we got a lot of good customs out there. So, anyway. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, there's so many <laughs> that, like, you know, for this summer, I'm saying only the first two that I made, which is Return of Davy Jones and Fiends of the Blood Islands yeah. and Darkhurst's first one, which is Price of the Dark Tides, and that's it. Nothing yeah, no, else. I, I totally understand Nothing that. from yeah. Cazador, uh, none of yours, yeah. none of the other ones that Darkhurst has made, none of the other things. Yeah. Uh, not only because it's like it's so many and I'm never going to be able to use all of them, but like, you know, I like bringing uh, the custom ships I make, like on paper. I like to bring them off the paper with an actual model. Yep. So uh, I don't have the spare ships to make like three or four full sets of custom ships. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeesh. Yep. Yeah, and I was, I was a little disappointed when I saw that, but then I was totally understand it because like I'm totally overwhelmed by the idea of using like a ton of customs in, in games. It's totally... The other thing is especially with a timed game like that, where you only have this, the whole summer to play it. Well, I mean, it's about a bunch of time, but it's, it's a limit either way. So like you don't have time to look up customs and figure them out and understand them and look them up and then actually remember yeah. to launch them during a physical game that has a time limit of some kind. So that's part of the reason yeah. I didn't use many in command the oceans. Cause it's like, I got to just go, I got to play, you know, this has got to end someday. So Customs are just going to make it take probably twice as long, maybe. So, so it, I think they're best for like Vassal yeah. or games where you know you can just play for a really long time. Endlessly, potentially. Yeah. So that, yeah. then you can like, spend dude, like, was like you know, then you can like casually spend like an hour launching a bunch of customs, and then not have to worry about you know that impacting the state of the game or other people like trying to hurry you up when you want to use customs but don't have yeah. time for it. So yeah. Yeah, they're a big logistical. That was one of the other reasons that I started um, Savage Seas, the SS project. Yep. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, one of the underlying goals for that whole thing. I want to use every single ship, <laughs> everything Whiz Kids, like, you know, oh my to, God. Uh, including RSS and the unreleased stuff. Yeah. And like every single custom ship, <laughs> like, you know, yours, mine, my brother's, Cazador's. I want to try to use all of it. Yeah. Good luck with that. And like, you know, how that goes. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm looking at your set here of uh, like, you know, Epic Season. Like, well, I don't know how I'm going to get all this in there. Yeah. I think we're both going to, I mean, between that, CG4, the hourly campaign, and then hopefully the historical games, I think we'll both be struggling to do that even by, you know, decades from now. We'll have to play to like 2080 or something to get them all in game, test them out. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So well, we're reasonably young. We've got time. Yeah. 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 Exactly. A internet connection is getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. And hopefully, there will either be a similar to have like you know or... pirates in VR. Yeah. Exactly. Something better than Vassal, hopefully, or more less laggy, I guess, for big games. So. All right. Yeah. So the last few segments are just really short, funny things. Um, Somali cruises. 
cruise along Africa's east coast. Welcome to Somali Cruises. It's like a safari, only better. Safari is the Swahili word. So is this like a legit thing, or is this someone being very tongue-in-cheek? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, safari is the Swahili okay, word for adventure, and that's just what we have in store for you. We sail up and down the coast of Somalia, waiting to get hijacked by pirates. We encourage you to bring your own high-powered weapons along on the cruise. If you don't have weapons of your own, you can rent them on the boat. Don't miss the boat. The boat departs from Mombasa and docks at Djibouti Harbor. Uh, cabin space is limited, so respond quickly. Reserve your package before June 29th and get 100 rounds of free tracer ammo in the caliber of your choice. Our guarantee. We guarantee adventure. We guarantee that you will experience at least two hijacking attempts by pirates, or we will refund half your money back, including gun rental charges and any unused ammo, many gun charges not included. How can we guarantee that you will experience a hijacking? We operate at five knots within 12 miles of the coast of Somalia. If an attempted hijacking does not occur, we will turn the boat around and cruise by at four knots. We will repeat this for up to eight days, making three passes a day along the entire length of Somalia. At night, the boat is fully lit and bottle rockets are shot off at intervals and loud disco music beamed shoreside to attract attention. <laughs> so this is from someone trading. Uh, they submitted this the website a long time ago it might have been before i joined i think and uh i found it it might have been when i was making the thread of threads i want to say it was sooner um it's the type of thing where i came back to it or i rediscovered it on miniature trading the link to it um a couple times over the years and i always forget about it so i wanted to make a note to uh talk about it um just have a silly thing for once uh once in a while and uh it's fun to kind of look around the site. It's really basic, but... And, of course, even the advertisements are sleazy. Um, just like the thing, it says, When Girls Fight, or something like that. It says, Real Girl Fight. Yeah, like, <laughs> but then, uh, if you click on it, it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. So, I don't know. It's trying to load the page, but then it just... I already tried it, but... All right, so then, on the rates section, mm-hmm. it's $800 a day. <laughs> uh, meals not included. What the heck? <laughs> I only looked at the front page. I hadn't looked at the rates section. What oh, I know. Heck? Oh, they have testimonials, too. So, uh, huh. Zeke, Zeke from Springs, Kentucky says, like ducks in a barrel. They turned the ship around, and we saw them cry in the water like little girls. Saw one wounded pirate eaten by sharks. What a laugh riot. This is a must-do. <laughs> I, I really hope that this isn't real. Because that's terrible. And that's really terrible. Uh, uh, This can't be real. (laughs) This has got to be a prank, right? Well, real pirates are bad, so it's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's like... uh, There's plenty of targets the adventure of a lifetime. So... (laughs) What in the... What in the world, man? So, uh, if anybody has any experience with it, I don't know how to contact them. I don't, I don't see any, I don't see authentication any or anything. Yeah. So I don't know if you could give a new testimony. What in the world? Maybe you could search around or something. If anybody listening has, uh, tried it out. Somali cruises. All right. So, so well, I haven't I really tried it. Anyway, like, you know, so. Someone's idea of a prank. <laughs> yeah. Again, I haven't tried it. So I can't, uh, give any, uh, uh, experience. So, uh, the last one, I thought of this, this, this silly idea where I 
I, I think you've seen the 500-point English fleet I have on miniature trading from, uh, I just wanted to submit it kind of for the hell of it a long time ago because I played that 500-point, uh, 5-fleet five game, and like a few months ago, I saw it on miniature trading, and I thought it said oink. So it said 500 oink English <laughs> fleet. So I was like, 500 oinking pigs in a fleet on ships and pirates <laughs> in a game. <laughs> Maybe this is the new custom. Pigs galore. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, I don't know if you've had any weird things like that where you misspell words in, like, fleets or reviews, but... Well, now you... Well, with your R uh, missing, you could actually do that more on recently, um, nah, More recently, um... And accidentally, then on purpose, uh, like, my R just all of a sudden just stopped working... Along with the one, two, and three right above it to the left on my numbers uh, line on my laptop. Oh, wow. So, if I, like, you know, type out a word that has, like, R in it, um, like case in point the other day uh, on your site, where I was trying to say T-shirt, but the R didn't wasn't there, and I didn't catch that the R wasn't there, so it wound up being something else. I was like, huh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> well... But so those that happens a lot more now by accident, but not on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but usually, uh, when I did like you know fleets or reviews, you know I uh, tried very hard uh, to make sure that things were spelled right, or that the grammar was good or stuff like that. Yep. I don't think I've ever purposely misspelled something, but I could be wrong. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up uh, tonight's discussion. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll wrap up with the questions of the day. Mine comes from the uh, the recent news, of course, and it's the one I asked earlier. So what's your favorite memory of miniature trading? I'd love to hear from the community about why you enjoyed miniature trading over the years, um, what you liked most about the site, and overall, your favorite memories, whether you joined this year or, you know, you've been there since 2006, like old man. So that's my question. Yeah. Mine is a bit, um, my question of the day is a little layered. Uh, to players and collectors of the game, would you ever consider making custom game pieces and make a model for them using either pieces of existing ships or use other materials to bring your creations off the paper? Uh, circling back to what I said earlier, like if I make a custom ship, then at some point down the line, I am going to try to make a model of that custom ship. So at some point in the future, I'm going to try to make an HMS Lightstone that I can hold in my hand and not just look at on a screen. Yeah. Yeah, I love so, that. So, you know, other than, like, you know, me and you, right, to the casual listeners and other uh, hidden lurking pirates out there, what say ye? Mm-hmm. What say ye? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slipping into some pirate speak there at the end. Yep. Trying to think what that's... Man, what am I thinking of? Oh, I want to say... Man, it might have been... Bar, I think it was Bard from the Hobbit movie. I think that's what it was. In the last Hobbit movie of the three or whatever. No, I don't know if it was that. I don't know. Maybe it was a Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they actually said what say ye. But that's where I got it from. Yeah, that probably, that probably was Pirates. Yeah, seems like it would be. Oh... All right, so that wraps up the podcast. Thanks for listening, 
And uh, this was number 44. Feel free to answer the questions of the day in the description or in the posts and comments below. And uh, we'll see you again more soon for more Pirates content. Thanks for listening.